Hello and welcome to a joint podcast between the 90 Minute Cynic and the 20 Minute Tims. I am your host, but we're all hosts in a way. We're all we are, hosts. We are. We're, well, I'm mainly the host though. Um, <laughs> your house. Yeah, excellent point. Aye. Point for you. I'm going to be giving out points for the rest of the night, by the way, just so everyone's aware. Uh, no, it's great to have the 20 Minute Tims here. Um, on the 90 Minute Cynic side, it's uh, not side. I mean, there's not sides, mm-hmm. but there kind of is a bit. Um, I'm Chris Gallagher. Christian Wolf, That's me. And uh, Chris Sermani, Sermanbot. Evening. Lovely. And on the, tw- you know the 20 minute terms, Jamie. Uh, that's me, yep. Melly. That's me. Hello there, Stephen. man, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call you Coach Crumbs there, because I only know you from, <laughs> yeah, all the time, yeah. from Twitter, to be honest. But um, no, it's great to have you guys here. What um, kind of badges do you have, in terms of coaching? It's no, it's none. Uh, okay. I often get asked about the name, uh, it's literally meaningless. I, uh, it's I, quite funny though, someone did pull you up on Twitter, hey, hey guy, you're not the real coach comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, it, is, it means absolutely nothing. It was just two words I thought sounded yeah. funny. To also, about. hey guy. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, I hey think guy. it was American. That's a bit well, weird. It's good to be back for a, another joint podcast. I have to say though, another away fixture for us. I know. It's corruption. corruption. We don't like strangers in our house. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, we do. There's <laughs> <laughs> quite a few strangers, especially yeah. on that couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's certain people who are here who we shall not name. Bowed? I don't no, know. I, don't uh, know. <laughs> I was trying to do something funny and it wasn't coming off. Um, so, aye, so it's good to, to have you guys here on that. And, uh, but Christian, we just we want to do some kind of house house cleaning, housework. Yes, the supplement. Um, supplement, so far away. So, second edition of the supplement is out on Saturday. If Keith and I manage to edit all the articles, well, I say Keith and I. I Keith mean, Jackson? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Cover blown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's an eager contributor to the supplement. We yeah. Need, we need we need wet air comebacks so then. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Caught me by surprise. I know. But I'm not used to this kind of having, bit. That's the point of having. I don't know if I've made the right lineup choice. <laughs> um, that, this is this is this is this is Azagiri against Motherwell. You've absolutely frozen in the headlights. I'm just glad you didn't say Dyla already. But no, you know, Jesus. Just, oh, we can get to that. Oh, I sure we will. Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys, there's enough What's sniping going on out like? there without doing it to each other. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we are what the we are United Front. Okay, so that supplement sh- okay. on Saturday, we're going to release about 10 to 12 articles, uh, again, second edition. So I've been editing some of them today, looking really good. So we're going to start, really going to start doing some promo for it the next few days. But yeah, keep hey, an Christian, eye out on, on Saturday. Where can I find the supplement? 90minutesynic.com, Jamie. Thank you. Is it free? Well, yes, it oh, is. That's, yeah. that's super. For now. Just, just so you're aware, when he was promoting that there, he wasn't going to say the actual <laughs> name. So thanks very much for <laughs> asking where you get the supplement. That's where you get it. 90minutesynic.com. .com. I should know all about it because I own it. Yeah, that's what you say. So there you all go. The I'll just help you guys promote things. Thanks. Listen, you're doing, the, you know, you're doing a terrific job. Thank you. You're not Thank as you. much of an asshole as you are on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> From straight away, I can listen, tell. Listen, you well, we're only three minutes into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You seem terrific. Chris Armani, how are you? Mike. Hi. <laughs> yeah, not too bad, Christopher. How um, are you? Wh- what did you think of the boxing match on Saturday? Well, we were here, and it was pretty pathetic, in all honesty. Um, why was it so bad? Quickly, just a quick... Did you guys watch the boxing as well? I, I did. I saw it. the hilarious bit at the end where he kind of fell through the ropes, but other than that, no. Yeah. Joke of a fight. It was a joke of a match up to start. It was a guy with breasts uh, versus a guy with a gammy leg. <laughs> I don't really think you need to go much further into it than that, Chris. Uh, but, but let's um, get into the psychology of the fight. No, I'm only joking. Are you excited about the rematch? 
there can't be a rematch. There can't be a rematch. I don't think there will be. But uh, Joshua versus uh, Klitschko next month should be a better matchup. So I'll be there. You'll be there. You're looking forward to it. You'll actually be there. Yes. Oh, terrific stuff. Ah, they sell tickets, not that. <laughs> you can go. I didn't know going to boxing was like that big a thing. Um, what what are you going for? You, is it in Manchester or uh, London? London. Um, big boxing fan. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Going yeah. down. Going to go at the Fulham Brentford game as well. So. Mouthwatering tie. Yes. See, Get big. Step in your hands. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Doing well. Doing well as yeah, well. High scoring the goals. He's got over I ten goals already. So. Go. How many assists has he got? <laughs> Expected, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot. Thanks, right? Okay, on, uh, and I really mean this. Can we, uh, can we just get the, the Nor- Norway? He's away, so there we go. Do you like the Rony Dyla free at the yeah, I've seen it before. Been oh, in that's right, so yeah, I, tough before, but, uh, but it's, it's just as impressive the second time. It's just I wasn't here last time, so it wasn't really, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd like to start from how brief. did that Tinder date go? It was terrific. Um, not seen her so much many times. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah, afro's up now because um, people listen. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, just kind of a wee bit of a somber start. Tommy Gemmel obviously passing away was tragic. Again, you guys mentioned it on your kind of podcast yesterday. There's nothing really we can add to it. Um, two European Cup final goals and two separate finals. And you were saying that it was one of you were saying it was uh, Sergio Ramos scored the same goals in the same place. Apparently, so at the same cities. I don't know if it's the same stadiums, but apparently in the, it's the same two cities. They scored probably oh, right. So yeah, there we go. go. Um, yeah, apparently it was the same two cities. I would have to look into it. Much like most of the TMT uh, content, we don't properly research these things, but I'm led to believe it was the same two cities he scored in two two finals. What? Well, so like Milan and. Uh, Lisbon. Lisbon. Oh, so Lisbon's the one you didn't get there, Chris. <laughs> Shut your face. Right, um, if they're not going to bring the aggression, I will, Chris. I, I'm happy with that, to be honest with you. Um, but just, I just thought I'd quick do a quick wee kind of poll or opinion sort of thing. Jamie, who's your favourite Celtic fullback of all time? And you can't say Kieran Tierney. Oh, it's, it, to be, it's going to have to be Didier Gant. Really? Yes. Why? Because he featured in so many amazing moments for me. Name two. <laughs> <laughs> Name two amazing moments. Or did no, no, no. I, the, the Stuttgart game, I think, is probably the game for me that always kind of stands out where he was just utterly phenomenal. The thing about my favourite players is it's not necessarily... I got a lot of heat for this when we picked our best 11 as well. It's not necessarily the best player of their particular position, but it's the players that I enjoyed watching most. Yeah. More specifically, the players that featured in my highlights of watching Celtic. Um, I'm going to go, go out on a limb and say that one of my favourite f- players is uh, Vidar Riseth, without a hint of irony. Like, mm-hmm. genuinely. Actually Hold liked on. him. You pulled me up for a gat. Well, I'll, do and the, <laughs> I'll do the same. And you've got Vidar El Kaduri. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, remember that guy? What the fuck? Or Andre Blackman has this between the two. Aye, Blackman was um Yeah, he was bad. I think <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of really terrible fullbacks yourself, Melly. Any interesting Yeah, uh, I'll go with Jackie Mack. It's an excellent choice. Right. So, um, Special mention for Tosh McKinley there too in the ninety five to ninety seven was sensational. Chris gonna say Tosh. What a, what a Tigger, what a great crosser of the ball. Unbelievable. Two moments, the cross for the 90, in the 95 Cup final. Yeah, for that Pierre. That was there as well. And he headed the king during training once. Oh, that's Remember right. That? Aye, that. I had the big... 
obviously not a great moment, but it, the other great moments when he had to resign from Clyde. Can't remember the reason. Oh yeah, oh, what was that? Why was that? He, 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 how do we say this without being without being sued? Was it not something to do with uh, Bomber Brown being a money thieving bastard? No, no. Was, no? <laughs> was that another <laughs> thing? I think you've just made that up, which is terrific. <laughs> no, I think if you get, I think Twenty Minutes Cynic does not endorse the views <laughs> of Twenty Minute Tims. No, Tosh McGinley was. I can't he remember said, if it was a transfer or something. He, he said something with. Oh, I'm thinking a transfer budget or something. I'm not thinking of Joe Miller. Joe Miller and Bomber Brown. I don't know. No, um, no. Your brother was there that's when Graham under Roberts. That's Graham fought. Uh, well, I was wow. close. That's a <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you be quiet for the podcast? <laughs> I have defamed Bomber Brown <laughs> <laughs> when I meant to defame Graham Roberts. I think he defamed him. Yeah, the Josh McGinley thing was just a simple sort of he promised something would happen and it didn't. And it didn't. It didn't happen. But I mean. Tosh is I mean he's paid next to no pace but he's, he's crossing ability was fantastic mm. I mean the fact is that he, he did stick the nut in Henrik Larson and he's uh, still remembered yeah. fondly which, which but says see, a lot see, about see the thing with McKinley though like he always looked injured he was like one of those old fashioned footballers who looks like they had like rickets or something do you know mm-hmm. what I mean like really really injured all the time did um, he not set up four of the five goals in Cadet's debut as well I'm pretty sure he did I'm, I'm taking your word for it. Top info. A top info. You know your stuff with them um, in when terms of. He knows your. You know. You know your stats when it comes to Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favourite fullback? Doesn't have to be. Is it Jan Mulby? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see him on the right back. Jan Mulby. I think probably favourite right back or fullback given it is was Vegar Hegem, um, the old Norwegian one. <laughs> oh, I think it was alright for about a season. It, it was one of those players who, who would have had a amazing career, not for his uh, injuries. Yeah. He always seemed to get injured at the wrong times. But it was just uh, that Rosenberg team of the nineties coming up there, and I don't know. I think he's somebody who, when you grow up, and they're almost <coughs> the same age of you as well. Um, but no, I always always remember Vega Hegem and somebody I mentioned, so right back Vega Hegem. I yeah. don't know why. No, no, Hegem wasn't too bad. What about yourself? You get any uh, other fullbacks who kind of. I would have to go with Jackie McNamara as well. Just a, a, for a an overall contribution thing, well, it was over ten years, wasn't it? He, he was there. And just that I, I grew up with that team, and he's the best we've ever seen. The, the song even says that. So, yeah, I, I can't go any further than Jackie Mac. Now, my on our podcast, we have a running joke about how bad my memory is when it comes to specifics, as you've already discovered. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say. Jackie Mack was the last Celtic player to get a, a testimonial, is that correct? Yeah, I think that is right. I think yeah. against Ireland yeah. some years ago. I think it's it was always last. against Ireland or yeah, Manchester yeah. I know it. or Liverpool. Or Did Packy Bonner not have about three against Ireland? Three testimonials <laughs> ago. Um, one of my favourite fullbacks outside of Celtic, Torricelli. Uh, that Juventus, you need to rein it in, all right? Torricelli, when he was at uh, Juventus, was fa- fantastic. Um, him and Delivio on that side. Uh, Ted... In case you already know, Chris really, really hates Juventus, like with an utter passion. <laughs> Did they tear the, tear the Champions League apart? Yeah. Let's give. Let's. Nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nineteen ninety six. Aye. Yeah, they won it. Many finals have they been in? It's not the point. They've been in eight. How many have they won? <laughs> Two. Mate, you. Two. Fun. Christian stats. What percentage <laughs> wins that? <laughs> That's a lot. Come back to Christian at some point tonight. Just interject and tell us the percentage. Twenty five. That's not even... I know that's not two out of eight. Punucci was... Shut up. It's uh, crap anyway. Punucci, great great fullback as well. I, I'm going to have to go with Paolo Maldini. Rampaging left back. Alright, did I just take that off you now? Yeah. It's a pal. 
<laughs> huge. Was that the most famous? Aye, exactly. Most yeah. famous Norwegian fullback. But yeah, Maldini. Aye, aye, Maldini was aye, pretty good. Um, nice but like, uh, so I. So any other kind of comments on the fullback or overall fullbacks? Just general. Fullback. Would you? How, would you guys think about Kiontini? Obviously, he's amazing. But you were saying about him going <coughs> to Manchester United a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, well, that seemed, the link seems to be getting stronger and stronger with every Marcos Rojo performance as well. <laughs> I, I, I hate watching him thinking just, oh God, they're going to be watching Tierney. But um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think if Celtic were to lose Kieran Tierney, it would have to be to someone like that. And I wouldn't re- necessarily blame him for taking that move, sort of Liam Miller-esque in that way. But um, I, yeah, I can't, really, I can't really go expand on anything past, yes, he's amazing, I know, <laughs> as yeah, you yeah. said. I think the thing about Tierney is as long as Celtic keep doing what they're doing with the likes of Brendan Rodgers and charging once Brendan Rodgers leaves and Celtic keep that up that's a massive incentive for Kieran Tierney to stay he's not going to look around and go well I need to leave to progress to the next level because I know it's thrown out but he is a fa- he's genuinely a Celtic fan he genuinely grew up wanting to play for Celtic He's not some foreigner we've brought from France who's... I hate those guys. Those guys are the worst. What, foreigners? <laughs> I know, I kind of I spat that out there, yeah, don't I? <laughs> we don't have, that doesn't fly in this house, okay? Oh, I know. I'm sorry, man. Okay. Um, but he's, he's my point is he's not always looking for the next move. I yeah. don't think... He, he's different. So I, I think we have a, a good chance of keeping Katie. You know, we always kind of... There's a lot of kind of criticism over Paul McStay for not taking that move to Syria. I'm not saying that Kieran Tierney's going to knock back... Manchester United or Liverpool or any of these kind of, let's be honest, clubs that are probably on the next level because of the league they're in. Let's not, we're not comparing the actual club size, we're comparing yeah, where they're it. playing. But when it comes to that, you know, McStay still gets, a lot of people say, you know, people slag Ferguson for leaving and going to Blackburn <coughs> and people slag McStay for staying. Tierney kind of might be in between because see, if he stays too long... Well, I don't think he will go, but I also don't think he should go. Because I think he's in the right place. Just oh, what, he's still 19, 20. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's not. There's, there's absolutely no point for him going now, as you say. He's a Celtic fan, but he's also working with one of the best managers probably in the world, to be honest, in terms of man management and somebody who can actually progress him further on. So I think the same thing you see what Rogers is as a bigger name. He can attract players. He probably can use that to keep players longer as well. I don't think Dembele is going anywhere this summer either. No, I agree. I don't think Dembele's going anywhere at all this summer. Uh, Arsenal wanted Kieran Tierney. They did. Was it yeah. last year? Yeah. Arsenal did want him and there was conversations had at, at club and boardroom level about taking him. I know and his agent, by the way. That's uh, I mean. So <laughs> I, there just wasn't there wasn't a, a huge willingness from either side to, to do a deal. Not with the money Arsenal were offering for him at the time and, and not for the players and desperation to leave. Do you think he's ready for that level? Aye. I, I, because I think he's young enough now. I think he's young enough now to go there and improve. I don't know because oh, well, he's definitely young enough to go there and improve. But to go straight into a team like a, for example, Arsenal, Man United, I, I don't know about that because the only time, the only game I've ever seen Kieran Tierney look a little bit out of his depth seems harsh. But a deal the headlights a little bit. I know you're yeah, going to say the Barcelona. Barcelona, game. yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's the level we're going to be talking Give about. Give him there. the microphone. I was just going to yeah, say as well. Yeah, well, hopefully to that point. Kieran hasn't really had a bad spell yet. He no. will at some point. And it's better for him to have that at Celtic than go to a club and have it. Because then you, you're actually at quite a risk of his career just being a standstill. Yeah, because Lee Naylor had a bad patch um, when he first... Mm. It was called the rest of his career. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, to be perfectly honest, I'd like to disagree. I, th- I would prefer Kieran Tierney to have his bad patch elsewhere. 
fairly obvious. Do you think he could walk in? Do you think he could like? right now play consistently for Manchester United no one of the reasons why is and again he's 19 and he can work on it is I think sometimes his distribution under pressure is pretty poor and that's just because of inexperience that's not me saying well I suppose it is a criticism but it's 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 because it's he's young criticism, it's like. constructive because he's young and he can develop on that the idea that he's he's the he's the the full package just now it's just not the case and that's just because he's only at the start of his career, he's only going to get better. The idea of him moving to a Premier League club, it's the same reason why Dumbelli shouldn't. He's probably not going to be first pick for a lot of these clubs. I know you're talking about Rojo at Man United being an absolute do, <laughs> but he's not. Go- I don't think he's going to go out and be a first pick in one of the bigger, bigger Premier League clubs. So the idea that he goes there would just be, he'd be doing it for the money. So the fact of the matter is, he's better staying here and developing. Yeah. We'll get him. And sorry. And the fact of the matter is, he's obviously a sorry a Celtic fan. I think that's going to have he's going to have an affinity with us, and I reckon I he could stay until he's late mid to yeah. late twenties. I mean, he could do ten years for us. Yeah, you know what I mean. And still only be twenty nine. And still only be. Bear in mind, what when did he get his debut? Eighteen? Did he yeah. start again? So he could be twenty eight and he's prime essentially, and, and make a move. I think he's got a bit of. If I, I hate, we hate. We discuss. We don't like to talk players away. Yeah, we've sort you know of what I mean. It. Yeah, we've sort of banned it because. Band but I think it. my last point in this would be: I, I think there's a lot of work for Kieran Tierney to do, both on his game, as you say, with his distribution under pressure, and and physically. I mean, when you well, look at him, does he look yeah. like a Premier League player compared to even when we came up against that's, Leicester? That's a very good point because um, we we spoke to Stellan Petrov recently. Shameless plug for another podcast, but he said a big difference between. Scottish football and English football was he couldn't believe the the difference in athleticism and things like mm-hmm. that. The players down there are just a lot bigger and stronger. He said it, he was playing at right midfield for Aston Villa and he, he couldn't believe how fast and strong the likes of Ashley Cole and players like that were. So I think Kieran Tierney probably has a good bit of developing to do before he could be placed directly into a, a team like of that level. Your thoughts on your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he could stay for five more years and still be, what, 24, and then he's mm. ready to go. He could play next season the Champions League. He's played Champions League for the next five years, and that'll give him what what he's lacking right now. And the fact is, next year, it could be seven. He's not going to want to go before the 10, is he? No. No, that's true. It's, 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 it's a really good point. But also, see, the, the thing I'll always say is with these guys, um, give me four years. Give me four years, and after four years, if you want to go, you know, it's not. I know it's not the best league. It's not the easiest league, but it's not the best league. But give us four years, we'll give you four European campaigns and potentially four titles, and then go, and that's fine. And yeah. see, if, see if Scott Sinclair. I know we're not thinging people away, but see if Stock, Stock, Scott Sinclair gives us three or four years. It's fine. Yeah. I think I think Scott Sinclair's here until he runs out of juice. I, I genuinely think his next move is going to be down because I think he he wants settled. Um, I don't know, see his wife, and I really mean this, I think his wife has a big sway on what he does. That's weird, there's somebody at the door. Um, <laughs> keep talking, lads. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question here, um, a, a slightly controversial one, and I was I was going to put it out as a Twitter poll, but I didn't really know how to word it, and you kind of touched on it, uh, Christian. Brendan Rodgers, where does he rate amongst British managers in work at the moment, and European managers in work? Now, my way of, there's politics and people are going to say Brendan Rodgers is Irish and that's fine but you know what you know the question I'm asking I think I mean well it's what we see as well but if you talk to people around the club and in the club I think it's not only the results that are amazing I think the, the feedback and what's coming out of the club about him it's quite astonishing as well 
So I think, I think he's got a comp- I think he's always been really good. He's always a really good to Liverpool job and do quite well at Liverpool. But I also think now at Celtic, once he's got the experience from Liverpool. That makes and coaches develop to become better. So I think he's a better coach. But he's also at Celtic. He has a name, and he didn't really have a name at Liverpool. But he comes in as a big name, which automatically makes it easy for him to implement his ideas. And once he's in, um, he gets it's easy for him to you know get people on board for that. So I think, I think we were talking about this the other day when we did Rogers versus Klopp. I honestly don't think there's that many better coaches out there at the moment, especially you know British Irish. Uh, we're talking about you know coaches that are actually British and Irish. Is there any better? I, I honestly I don't think there is. Right Who was the last British stroke Irish manager to have even competed for the English Premiership aside from Rodgers? Other than Ferguson? Yeah, but even I mean, that that's, I uh, seems like a different era now. Ferguson, he was the he's George the Graham, maybe Kenny Dalglish for Blackburn. Wasn't I it? mean, that's yeah, yeah more yeah. than twenty years Probably ago. Yeah. Um, he's no Joe Venglas though. No, <laughs> he's no Doctor Joe. I remember when he came in; I was really excited. Really, uh, it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> talking of which, uh, see with Rogers, I just want to. Sorry, you got something to say, Chris? Always, I <laughs> like say it then. Ah, well, I think the original point was who's better than him. European managers sorry. are better than him, and uh, just a wee think about that. Conte, Conte, Conte. Ah, Conte's the best yeah, for me. Conte is the best. Ex-Juventus captain Antonio Conte. <laughs> aye, but he ditched the club. Did he, aye? You know why he ditched them? Why? <laughs> you know. Shut up. <laughs> Filthy cheats. Anyway, no, I mean, no Conte. Problem. Would I take Simeone before him? I think maybe. Uh, uh, see, Simeone, oof, I, I, I remember he was the manager of River when I was really following um, Argentinian football when he got him relegated. Hold on, the guy's been to two aye. European finals. He's won a league that included Real Madrid and Barcelona. Of course, yeah. Did, did Alex did, Al, did Alex Ferguson not get sacked by St Mirren? He got them relegated. <laughs> no, what, what for Celtic? Samioni? No, that's implied. That's implied, right? That's right. Implied. right so Samioni's Sam, Sam, Sam a, a fantastic coach. Right. Okay. In Europe, but yeah, Ancelotti. I'd say so personally. Mm. There, there's, there's a, there is a number of coaches that are better than him in, the, in Britain though I think probably only Conte Wenger Wenger Wenger's done I, I don't know done but I don't think I don't know Rogers will ever come close to doing what Wenger's done Wenger well, well in that case you've got to include Mourinho if, if it's going to be a sort of a career encapsulating yeah. like I'm talking about currently right now like it probably is um, Conte could, could Rogers do better with that uh, Manchester City squad than what Guardiola's doing it? I, I'm not C- saying he could. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Guardiola, the top <laughs> six in England are better managers than Brendan Rogers. I that, probably, I but probably. outside that, yes. I think so. 100%. From, as much as I love wow. Brendan Rogers, Pochettino is a better manager. Do you I think Pochettino will ever come as close to winning the league as Rogers did? <clears throat> Possibly for the next year or two. I think Pochettino's one of those managers who hasn't done anything. It largely treads water and his reputation goes before him as opposed to what he's done. I'm not saying he won't develop, but I'm not sure if he's going to be my the guy that a lot of people are saying he is. Yeah, I, I agree. But my issue with Poch is that... Poch? Poch. Yeah. That's it. Poch. That's Poch. what his pal's got. Poch and Rog. <laughs> um, and nobody seems to ever say this about Spurs, but they are consistently massive spenders. Oh, they, they yeah. spend, yeah. All the time, every season, and it seems to go under the radar. So I think until 
he does a bit better with Spurs and perhaps with less money then uh, I, w- I would say that he's better than Rodgers but at the moment I'm putting Rodgers above Poch um, did I, anyone, sorry you no, I, I agree with Mali I, Pochettino for me as well I, I think Tottenham might re- very well win the league in the next two three years but they came uh, <laughs> they didn't finish second like Rodgers um, did but they that, did. that was just a technical but what I mean is they, they ran come on oh, you know, you're not going to give me that he had Suarez as well yeah no no, no just I mean he did but <laughs> Tottenham blew that blew that league and lost their last three games did they not last year yeah that's, so that's what I was getting at yeah. but if Liverpool had won their three games they would have won the league when under Rodgers yeah, so Tottenham get beat 5-1 by Newcastle in the last game that's a one-off sort of thing but I love Brendan Rodgers, I think. It sounds like you hate him. It sounds like <laughs> his you, time's up. You you like, it sounds like you like Walter Smith better than him. That's what I'm hearing. Sure tattoo? <laughs> he's, he's the best manager we could probably ever get in yeah. my lifetime. He's the best we've ever had. Right. And hopefully he's here for years. Because if he, if he is, if we keep the players we keep and we give him the money to let him do what he wants to do, we could see Martin O'Neill's time again, I think. Do you think we'll get to a European final? I don't think we'll get to a European final. Possibly a good, good run in Europa League, but yeah. I don't see a I, final. It's I, just so much harder. I've, I've said it before. I think he'll, he's here for 10 in a row. And, and that's the point he'll go. Un- unless something major happens. Because who else is he going to go to? Unless one of the big clubs on, in the continent comes for him. <sighs> maybe a City, maybe a Arsenal. But that's pretty much it as well. There's one more guy as well. There's, there's, there's one guy in Norway. And he's young. Don't. He's got his don't great do mad management. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> serious question. Who is, who's Ronnie doing in oh, Norway? Well, they've had about three... Oh, you've had a bit of football? He's looking lovely. Looking good. Haircut. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have about... They're in the third month of four months pre-season. So yeah. the league starts in about three weeks. So, so. All right, so, is he, so did he get the tail end of last season? Is that how it kind of worked? I would Unofficially, he was on board, but mm. he's had a few games. So yeah, so about three weeks. So I, I, I'm in, I'm interested since we're talking about managers. Um, what do you think the main differences are between what Brendan's doing and what Ronnie was trying to achieve? And what do you think let Ronnie? <laughs> what do you think let Ronnie down uh, at Celtic? I think the main difference between Rogers and Dyla is that Rogers is a far better manager. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. Having said that, I think you know. Brendan Rodgers is an upgrade, but he, he, I think he's the same kind of manager. I think some of the few things we, we touched upon there is, you know, I said this in the last part as well, there's a few parallels with Rodgers coming into Liverpool and Dyla coming into Celtic. Because Rodgers was a really small name. It's not small, but he was somebody from outside the usual Liverpool manager. Mm. He didn't really have the, the name recognition as well. So I think a lot of uh. Dyla's issues were... I'm going to have to disagree. Yeah. No, well, because Rogers improved Liverpool. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. I, I think yeah, Rogers is, is, is a better manager, but then again, he won two titles with Ronnie. Mm. Rogers imp- improved Liverpool, but then was sacked for a reason. Yeah, well, that, I, I, I accept that, but yeah. I think well, no, Rogers improved Liverpool to a greater degree than Ronnie Dyle improved Celtic. No, I, I think there was a couple. Yeah. Oh, there was a few things with with Ronnie, but I think. One of his greatest strengths in Norway was his man management. And he just couldn't, it didn't seem like he can translate that to a bigger setting, a different kind of squad, in a different country, in a different language. I never think he really had some key All players on board. would be quite key to being a football manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, absolutely. But, Need those? <laughs> but no, no, you do. No, you absolutely do. But that was, you know, 
that's the the way he created the success in Norway was through a really big team spirit, a really good man management. Remember the Ronnie Roar though? That was great. That, that was great. That. that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I also think the, um, just the intensity of being a Celtic manager, have a game after game after game. I don't think he had um, yet have the capability to be able to form a team with so little time on the training pitch. Is as that well. your door again? I just, some guy selling something. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get in. Some other podcast trying yeah. to get in <laughs> yeah, as well. So now that is, you can probably spend the whole podcast on on, on Dallas. No, we couldn't, but you. Yeah, I thought we could as well. Fucking hell. But I, I don't know. Ronnie's regime is, is flawed. Yeah. But also, I mean, there's, you know, it's probably, was it too big for him too soon? Maybe. There's also, Ronnie's regime is, is a lot to based on some games where you lose. big games. <laughs> right. Well, he, he lost the one. Right, wrap up. Come yeah. on, Jesus. Sir Manny, you slag him off. Go on. The Ronnie Dyla rubbish in it. That might be that Tinder date at the door. No. You're dished. Can you, can you <laughs> the Tinder date chat? It's a long time ago. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. You mean to say you've had more than one? <laughs> Christopher, you've, you've completed it. <laughs> Ronnie, nah, um, I'm actually interested. I think right. someone is literally breaking into mm-hmm. this flat. Well, under right. siege. We'll keep going. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's his real dad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's just listen out. We'll, no, let's we could sh- talk sh- more. Ab- <laughs> That's a terrible way of spoken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if the mic picked that up, Chris. You're really anyway. mean. That is so fucking mean. I know. They are keeping going, but that was far more interesting oh, than the most of podcast. I hope the mic picked that up, Melly. Anyway, back to Ronnie. I'm actually interested to see how he does in Norway because I want to justify my hatred of him. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't hate Ronnie. That's not true. But it will be interesting to see because the point you make is: is the guy? Does the guy have something? He must have had something to win the league with a club of Valerenga. Is that right? No, Strom Goodsid's uh, uh, stature to win the league with them kind of highlights that he had something. Is it that he was lucky with them? Is it that he's got something but the stature of Celtic was too big for him? Who knows? We'll find out. Norway probably won't be a really good indicator of that then, will it? Because he's just gone back to what he knows and... It'll be it'll be an indicator though because if, he's, if he yeah. can repeat the success there we'll say, okay, well, you know... And then he go. I'm assuming oh, that, a bigger club as well. Oh, yeah, exactly yeah. And I'm assuming though, if he has success with Valeringa again over a sustained period, somebody else will come knocking. Whether that be Huddersfield or Colchester, <laughs> <laughs> but somebody in the English league, you know, something. Somebody might come knocking again. And is he going to be better prepared for a second spell? Right, we're, we're, we're putting a line under the Ronnie Dyla chat. You want oh, me? I'm just going to say he's up against it this season because Bentner's just signed exactly. for Rosenberg. So. And Rosenberg is <laughs> by far and away the best team in that league. So I think if he wins the league, it will be uh, quite an achievement. But yeah. I, I agree. I mean, he's. I don't think his next move will be in Britain. I don't know if he's going to come to Britain again. I think he's more likely to end up if he goes abroad again. Somewhere like the Netherlands or, yeah, or even Germany. Uh, it's, he's, he's, he, I think Ronnie Dyla has been tried abroad and it's not worked for him and I don't think he'll leave. It's it's a strange one because I don't know if you get many, multiple chances at similar jobs, unless you're Mark McGee or Sam Allardyce, who, who continually get the same type of jobs throughout their career. I don't know, and it kind of brings me back to Rogers. Would he get another big club? We, we, we spoke there about how can he get to a European final 
before he inevitably goes to like a top four English team. I don't think he would get a top four English team without having done the European final with Celtic. I think he would have mm. to do something. Went to Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. Don't tend to Scottish. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Neil probably could have got a bigger job if he'd left a bit earlier. The Leeds job at the time was bigger, and he was close to taking that. I think. Was it replacing Ferguson as well? There was always always talk about that. When I think I think there was a moment where you peak. You know, he peaked and then it, it kind of went downhill slightly there. I think at his absolute peak with Celtic, I think he could have got one of those big I, I agree. I mean, the last season was absolutely tough. Like, just... He should have left the season before that, yeah. after the 25 wins in a row. He should have left it. Yeah. yeah, probably. Um, just final point on Rodgers. Um, there's been a lot of sports sound. The BBC's uh, podcast had a whole half, I mean, three quarters of it. They were talking about Rogers' comments about Saint Mirren and how it was, some people were saying it was disrespectful. Some uh, some people were saying it was just a comment. It doesn't matter. Did anyone get any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I don't want to bring something up that's pointless, but the fact that they're saying he was making a snidey dig at everyone else in the league. Well, that's one way to look at it, but on the other hand, he was being very respectful of St Mirren, so you I mean, can't really I mean, have it both ways. With that. That's twice. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it's a really good game, really organised. Yeah. Clearly, he's got something going for him. Um, so instead of just, I don't know, the yeah. negative, he's not saying that St Mirren's the second best team in Scotland. He's saying that they were the second best, well, they're the best opponent they've had to yeah, cause them the most trouble. Game, yeah. 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 And and they were. They were really well organised. Um and, well, some teams have come to Celtic Park and sit in, and they can do that. But not many of them can actually then be a threat going forward as well, which they were to part. So I think you know they were obviously well organised and well coached. They're not the best team, but one of the toughest opponents. Well, put it this way: who who are St Mirren up against for that title for the best team that Celtic have played this season? It's not Rangers, Aberdeen after their frankly risible performance in that cup final. It's not them either. So really, are you looking at Motherwell? Our Celtic's best opponents I'm, this season. I'm surprised there was so much talk about his comment that, on, I suppose, because yeah. in many ways it's it's his observation, and I don't really know why they thought it would be an insult to, you know, there was too much talk about oh he's playing mind games. This is an insult to the other teams. Is he making a bigger point here? No, he's simply saying that Saint Mary comment after a game. Aye. but um, someone on on the podcast says, "Listen, I'm all for managers making you know points and being honest, but." <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know why that? Do you know why they're angry? Do you know why they're angry? Why? Because they all thought he was slagging off Rangers. Yeah, that's, that's why, uh, and he probably was. That, that's that's why they're all angry. Yeah. because I'm they sure. thought, how dare he throw Glasgow Rangers under the bus like that and say St Mirren are the best team we've played? But that's that's symptomatic of the Scottish media. You know, you have to pay deference to Rangers even when they're not earn, they're not deserving of it. I mean, this season they're the third best. See, if you just went by league form, league table, you could turn around and say, aye, Rangers are the second best opponents we've played this season because Aberdeen are ahead of them. So the fact that they're supposed to pay deference to them when they don't deserve it, do you know what? Keep saying, telling the truth, Brendan. They'll exactly. not be very happy about Brother it. Brendan, I've heard people say, I mean, I'm not saying it. St. Brendan. St. Brendan, solid Danish brother. Um, so with that, oh, here we fucking go, he's back again. <laughs> I also just say a last point about Rogers and the media. I think he knows how to play that media really well. 
a specific I, I think because it's so specific. I think he's got them around his fingers, yeah, I and, I, and I, he he can just set up whatever agenda he wants to set. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Graham Spears' point. He said he mentioned it to every media source that he spoke to, so that's why he thought there was a point yeah. behind it. But right. again, he could just be just paying a compliment. They were making out as if maybe he's trying to rail the other teams up. Yeah, what, I, what, why? What do you benefit think? Is that I heard them Celtic? say. I heard that one of them, someone say Paul Hartley and Derek McInnes will be sitting there, really thinking about what he's saying, and he'll use that to g up their team. No, I fucking probably won't. What are you talking about? <laughs> we beat every team at least twice this season already. Yeah. So. That was a terrific stat from yesterday from that podcast you recorded. A stat? Oh, it was from yeah. yourself, Stephen. Apologies. A, th- a fact. I'll, I'll go with a fact. Sounds like a, a bunch of BLs <laughs> on this <laughs> pod. Honestly, <laughs> you can't. I mean, you can't see that. <laughs> 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 you can't ever say that. On, to be honest, it's slightly ironic. <laughs> <laughs> no. On these comments, so I think it would be silly of us to, to dismiss entirely the idea that he was being a little bit, a oh. little bit cute with it, oh. and 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 not trying to annoy people with it. But in in fairness to him, it is true. So yeah, whether he was whether it was maybe, a dig, but you could be right. Maybe Rogers are like. This is just too fucking easy. Yeah. Can someone actually give us a game? What, what do I need to do to make you give us a game? Yeah. Do you know? And that's the thing. Maybe he's, he's sitting and uh, you get a text message and he turns to his wife and went, they've been talking about it for 40 minutes on the radio. <laughs> Can you believe that? Anyway, um, we do have a big game on Sunday coming up. Uh, also, I completely forgot, we've been drawn with Rangers in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. as well. Um, at home this time though, so that's home team. Yeah. <laughs> That, uh, that'll be six <laughs> games. What against Rangers this season? Six games. Oh, it's it's almost like we want to give them money or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, we so this game coming up on on Sunday. Just individual thoughts. Melly, we'll start yourself. What what what, what are you thinking? Uh, just going into these games now. As soon as the cup was drawn, I thought good. We'll beat them. So they don't even have a final to play. I just expect to beat them now, and it's absolutely brilliant. Look at the eyes. Look at the eyes. They're, they're focused. <laughs> Burning intensity. Burning I intensity. absolutely love it. The only way they're going to win is through the referee and Brother Madden. It's a good chance that Jesus. something's going to go down. But even if they get some, we should still score three goals, I think. I hate being this overconfident, but we're just so much better than them right now. It's glorious. Uh, they're not even close to Aberdeen's level at this point, Steve-O. What's your point? Um, can I call you steve Absolutely. Yeah, I'll t- I'll I have never, I'm, I've known you for a long time and nobody's ever called you steve It's always jarring when comes, someone calls you Steph. <laughs> steve? Steve. Uh, steve. Well, I'm going I'm to call him Steve-O. Okay. If that's okay. Steve-O, that's, that's okay. I'll change my Twitter handle from that appalling coach crumbs. You thing. really should. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I've said it before, but once again, I'm always going to these games nervous because mm. not because I fear Rangers, the team, but just I just couldn't bear losing to them. I just I couldn't handle it. They are coming off, and you know by their standards, a quite a significant result. They beat Hamilton Aki six 0 but I think that was the same. The last time we played them in the cup this season, they think they'd come off a couple of wins in that. So they were unbeaten in about four or five. Yeah, probably. I think it were. I think. We need to prepare ourselves for the fact that Rangers are going to maybe beat us once. And I don't think it's going to be this season, but I'm a bit like Melly. I hate being a bit overconfident because at the end of the day, there's still 90 minutes of football to be played. And was it the last game? Was it the semi-final of the last cup? 1-0. Yes. But we hammered them that game. We did, Mm. but the fact of the matter remains, it was still 1-0. Yeah. And that just, that kind of goes to prove my point that Things don't necessarily have to go your way. For yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. It. I mean, we laid a glove on them a couple of times during the nineties, but for a large part of it, 
we were so far behind them off yeah. uh, on the park. You'll beat them in individual games, and I don't doubt that they'll beat us and are capable of beating us in individual games. Like you said, I don't know if it'll be this season. If they do, I would guess it'll be the game at Ibrox because it'll be the league will be done by then. We should have beat them in the cup. That game will mean so much more to them. The unbeaten thing, I don't know if you can keep the players' intensity up, and they're really, really going to want it for you know obvious reasons. So if we do get beat off them, it might be in that game. But I can't see us getting beat on Sunday, barring us not turning up, not literally not turning up, but you know not performing to anywhere near our standard. That's the only way I can see it. That's the thing that. Um I don't like being overconfident, as I said, but I'm more confident because see if we don't turn up, Brendan Rodgers does something to change it so it affects the game, and yeah. he's done that so many times. Yeah. I'm confident if things aren't working out, he'll do something to change it. The weekend, he hooked Mackay Stephen, he hooked Beaton, and instantly... We were Did he actually up. hook Beaton? I, I would have. <laughs> I'm very close to doing that myself, frankly. <laughs> um, sorry, you go, Christian. I'm not worried about that game on Sunday. I think if there's one game... It could be a bit tricky. It is, it is the semi-final because it is a semi-final. Mm, it's, yeah. it's a one-off game, and it, it is a different atmosphere. And it is, it just feels a bit more pressure, and you got a bit more to lose. And that, you know, again, the treble is Celtics to lose, and that's probably the one game, well, at least two games, that can do that. So, I think Sunday will be fine. I think the semi-final might be a bit more tricky. Do you know what gives me confidence, though? It gives me confidence that. Brendan Rogers doesn't leave anything to Brother chance. Brendan. Brother, Brother Brendan, Brendan. <laughs> doesn't. Uh, well, we're talking about that. I, I don't like that Brendan Rogers song. Every Celtic song <laughs> at the moment seems to be in the key of. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not musical, but I, that's a key. <laughs> Brendan Rogers. Br- brutal eye. Anyway, back to my point. Brendan Rogers doesn't leave anything to chance. You kind of got the feeling that Neil Lennon would play the same game against St Mirren or Hearts or Rangers. Just put his best players out. Brendan Rogers does his homework. He knows exactly what Rangers are going to do. The first game at Parkhead when we won five 0 I don't think any of five one five one. Don't even care. Joe Garner. Yeah, sorry. <coughs> I don't even think any of their any of our goals were an accident. You know, I, I I firmly believe that Brendan Rogers knows where Rangers' weaknesses are. He knows exactly what to do to exploit those weaknesses and the preparation and homework that we put in the games. It, it kind of from our point of view takes a lot of chance out of it. That's where I get my confidence. Not just having the better players, but the better manager and the homework, the preparation, he doesn't leave things to chance. Well, here's my my kind of fear. Um, now, a couple of us have said, I mean, I don't want to be overconfident, but, right? And the last time I was really, I'm, I I don't, I try not to think about them um, before, like, we, you know, a lot of people prepare, like, oh, you know, we've got this big game. Um, the 6-2 game, which was one of the greatest experiences yes. of my life being at it was utterly tremendous and I tell you why we won that because see I was going to get a ju- I got a juice and I was going to get a straw and it was a blue and white one and Bowd said to me no take a green one and I honestly <laughs> psychologically I think that put us a little bit ahead on the pot before we on the pot every edge is important at that level listen that's it it's about preparation yeah, like Brendan like yeah. no but in all seriousness 6-2 game um, absolutely annihilated them started playing really well then we went to Ibrox and we get smashed 5-1. Right. I remember the Saturday before being like, it, we were talking about how many, right? It was about how many we were going to score against them. And see this week when I've been speaking to people individually, what was it, Frank, Frank McAvenny's, it's not a, a friend of yours. 
But he was like, oh, I think Celtic will score eight. Oh, and it's, it's all been about how many goals we're going to score. Now, mm. I'm not saying Celtic are going to lose, and I actually do think we are going to win, obviously, but at the same time, I do have that little thing of, if Tori Andrew Flo can score against us, mm. do you know what I mean? If Alec Cleland can do it. <laughs> we don't even have to go as far back as those 6-2-5-1 games, for examples of that. There was this season, everyone was extremely confident going into the Borussia Mönchengladbach game yeah. at home. Yeah. That was a question of how many, after we get the good result against Man City and things like that, everyone thought that was going to be a, a walk in the park. Well, not necessarily a walk in the park, but it was a case of get those points and how many goals I, we can get yeah, and things like that. I mean, that was a lesson we were all focusing on the draw we were going to get yeah, and, yeah. which we ended up getting a draw in Mönchengladbach but it was just I exactly that, that that's the only fear, real fear to have that and but as you say Brendan Rodgers clearly going to be prepared for it so yeah did um, you hear um, Chris Davis's interview done an interview with the Celtic underground podcast I listen to other pod, Celtic podcasts do you not <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> of all, all Celtic podcasts um, except you guys of course <laughs> thank you we listen yeah. to you and Nobody else. Um, <laughs> no, he said that the Rangers game at home, the first one, the 5-1 game, he says they didn't prepare for that like they prepared for normal league matches. He called that a statement game. He says, the manager and I, that was our statement game. We went out there to send a message. Hmm. So they treated that game with more detail and more care than they do. I suspect we'll be treating this next game at Parkhead in a very similar fashion. Yeah. I, I, I suspect that we'll want to say, you know, we don't want Rangers looking forward to come to Parkhead. We want to lay down a message. Every time you come here, it's going to be fucking hell for you. You're going to get embarrassed every time you come here because when the psychological battle turning, Rangers games at Parkhead and at 5-0 drubbins every time they turn up, is going to damage them psychologically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I think we'll I think we'll murder them. How does Brendan Rodgers take on a brain um, like Marty um, who we know is very um, no Chris um, how how do you go uh, line up do we know the line up is the line up already sorted in your head is it is there any kind of is bit on plane yeah unfortunately did I ask you no <laughs> no I'm dropping um, so who are you playing Gordon just Gordon Tierney okay Lustig of course Right back, Lustig. Thank you. Centre half, Eric Sviachenko. <laughs> I'd have to disagree on that one after his weekend performance again. Sit there and target. Let him go. He's building here. He's building something. Boyata, for me, at the weekend, was afforded possession because they knew he's not good in the ball. Therefore, I'm having to say Boyata on your arse, son. Ozo. This is unbelievable. Is fat, this is, is fat, staggering. Yeah, he was on the bench. Sviachenko and uh, Simunovic in the middle. Okay, yeah. that's the back. Bit. But, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Taking care of uh, in midfield. It's going to be baptism of fire. <gasps> no. I'm doing it. Oh, no. Wow. You are not. I'm doing it. Kuasi. Oh. My word. The guy. Everything. Right, I mean, you know, he's... Brendan Rogers has done his homework and all that and then he prepares. I've seen that guy on YouTube on Saturday <laughs> and I know he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Did you see that tackle? His first tackle? Uh, we got the ball. Hi, Brilliant. He took the guy's knee as well. <laughs> right. Abui, Kowasi. Stuart, of course. Stuart, I'm going to play him for you. Thank you. Captain. Has to be Scott Brown. Oh, we know he's going to be on the right. <laughs> on the left, Scott Sinclair. On the right, Patrick Roberts. Non-negotiable. 
No, is that non-negotiable? That's These guys, being big fans of the podcast, will know my feelings on Patrick Roberts. You're, you're captivating a room, and I'm, I'm sure you're that captivating the audience. Up front. The goat. <laughs> Totty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Francesco. Moussa Dembele. The Griffiths, along with Roberts when he came on, on Sunday Ch- changed, the, changed the game yeah. I mean you've seen his pace you looked, seen how sharp he looked he's unfortunate that the guy in front of him is looks absolutely sensational that team I just said 4-0 is that your Champions League first game draw with the exception maybe of Roberts oh no he's signing <laughs> Patrick, he's not. See, I want to go down and try. You know, I want to go back down to Man City. He backtracked a week later. Brendan's sorting it out. Like Robert's is staying here, and you know what? It's for him and Kieran. I'm going to try and get along to the civil partnership. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Yourself, thoughts on on that team? Would you come away from it? Would you divulge with it? You don't, you're not happy with Sviatchenko. Uh, no, Sviatchenko is my favourite out of the four centre halves we have, but I just don't think he's been playing well the last two Tough games. Love. Yeah, Sutton they targeted him over on the left hand side beside Tierney they played the long balls to Sutton and it worked that's how they get their goal and I think Rangers will probably do the same with Gardner so I'd like to see Simonovic in there so just would, would you play I wouldn't play Kouassi unfortunately I think it's going to be Beaton again I don't like him and he's the first guy I'd have out when you sign somebody new but it's too early for Kouassi apart from that Roberts in for Mackay Stephen 100% We'll get to, we'll get to Gary now. Oh I can't oh, God, wait God love him God love him <laughs> Do you know what I found I found Chris's speech there So rousing So captivating That I, I can't I can't argue with it All you could hear in this room Are the hearts beating <laughs> As we watched We watched his every word Not a dry eye in the house Would you follow him into war? Oh absolutely Yeah, yeah I can see where Hitler I'd follow him into war Revolution Yeah, yeah but. but I mean <laughs> On Kowasi, if see if you can throw Willow Flood and Koki Mizuno into old firm games quite early on in their careers, I, I don't see, see why see, not. See, to be fair, Andy Halliday gives the. I, I know I've I've to watch a lot of them, but whenever I do watch Rangers, um, firstly it's a it's a delight usually. Um, but Andy Halliday just just gives the ball away all the time. He's yeah. he's such a liability for them. He's terrible. Um, that I think. Uh, uh, having Brown and Armstrong, and now Armstrong's actually got a bit of experience in these games now, and he's he's you know getting back on to playing that sort of level that he was at before he got injured so I think Kouassi's pro I know it's definitely as you're saying Melly it's, it's definitely a risk but I, I, I'd be tempted to throw him in as well I'll, um, I'm just going to have to disagree with you slightly um, brave man uh, I I think Svechenko is weak in the air Boyata isn't Rangers are strong in the air so for that reason I think Boyata's going to stay in Sviatchenko is better than Simonovic so for that reason I think Sviatchenko is going to stay in as well so I think it's going to be those two at the back I think Brown is going to I think Bitton would get dropped in my mind that's what I would do Brown would re- return to his pre-Bitton position of being a bit deeper and um, I'm going to have McGonk in there and McGregor <laughs> pushing forward and breaking Listen, lines. it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. We're going to have to do <laughs> this and then just a little bit earlier than we thought. I 100% agree. I'd, I'd put McGregor in as well oh, instead get, of Bitton. Oh, do you what guys an watch this football? Is. Um, <laughs> oh, my Jesus. God. I think, right. I think the, three, no, the, I, the four of us are going to war against you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I think the problem with Bitton and Bram or anything is, is, is the lack of you know any sort of forward 
penetration in the inter- it just goes too slow with the two of them there I thought before the game on, on Sunday that it's going to be Brown and Beton because we've been playing for ages but I think it did hook him quite early on it's just it's just something about that performance that didn't you know you can kind of tell that you know Beton wasn't having a good one so I think there will be a surprise and I think it'll be McGregor as well what I love about McGregor is he never gives the ball away like ever <laughs> especially in central midfield that's the key thing he's, about he's, him he's one of the few Hend- if, you, if you're going to play uh, someone other than Beton and you're not going to play Kwasi play Henderson McGregor brings Tidy. the bring, McGregor brings the ball forward a lot better than Liam Henderson does no doubt it's a lot more energy but I just I, I, I honestly don't get I'm looking at I'm looking at McGregor and I'm thinking, do you know what? He's a young boy from Pollock, which is just up the road. I want him to do well, but at the same time, if he's clear, I, I, so what are you? I'm, <laughs> Someone take this hot potato, McGregor. I've no doubt McGregor could play a part on Saturday of a winning team, but however, as an on, in an ongoing role for Celtic and central midfield, no, his two biggest weaknesses is he shites it in key moments. He did it in Germany. Yep, Surely after, that's yeah. right. No, though he did play a great pass through for Sinclair that day. It's a tremendous pass, so I'll give him his due. <laughs> but who against who did we play before St. Martin? Hamilton. Hamilton was it Hamilton? He had a couple of chances, sights a goal, and was stuck it miles over the bar. That's right. When he time and space and pretty yeah. much almost in the central and he just rattles it over, and we all know Hamilton mentioned Glad. Um, to but, me, uh, to me, is a he's a guy who, and I do, I do concede that he can bring the ball forward well. But I do find at times, at key moments, he loses possession and uh, stick him out wide if you're going to play him. I don't want. I know, him but if we if we all accept that Beton isn't doing it, you've got Kuasi, who's a huge gamble. Yeah, there's no doubt if there's he no gets thrown in there and has <laughs> has We've a terrible a game. If he goes in there and has a terrible game, that's going to affect him. I don't see Brendan Rodgers doing that. Um, so you've, you're left with two choices. You're left with Liam Henderson or McGregor, as far as I can gather. And I just don't. I just think it's a straight shootout, and McGregor's the better player. Steve, well, I feel like we've connected. Yes, um, I feel like we're almost like one. Um, to help me, yeah, to pour cold water on this on McGregor pattern. No, is is Kowasi as big a is it as big a gamble as we think? Is a home game against a team that we've ragdolled this season, largely. Is it any bigger an occasion than you know, throwing them in against Hearts or Aberdeen? I know I know the intensity of the atmosphere and all that kind of thing, but he's, he's going to have to get that at some point. So uh, there's, no, there's no reason to put him in now and then put him under more pressure when we could win the league in a couple of weeks and then he can play in another game further down the line. Right now, he could go in and... If his tackles end who go by at the weekend, they could get sent off in the first half and then he's got a long road back. Whereas if you play one you're tried and tested, it's not as big a risk. You're probably still going to win the game and you don't lose anything out of it. I do have to say, I hadn't even considered Kowasi before before Chris said that. And now, now I'm putting up a passion defence of it. Is there more to risk playing him against Rangers than there is against Aberdeen Hearts? Yes, because if you lose to Aberdeen or Hearts, it's only Aberdeen or Hearts. But if he has a bad game and he contributes to a loss against Rangers, uh, yeah. that's a, that's a, what, that's what, a bigger what, deal. What happens to him? Realistically, what... what? It's, I mean, you just mentioned Koki Mizuno. Yeah, he's he's remembered like Koki Mizuno yeah, he was, but he was he he didn't fail in in, I, a, in an old firm game. I know. And I think it, we, he disappeared. He was just rubbish. I know, but I just think if if he, he goes in, Koki though, 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's well, yeah, it's like a, you like cars and all that, and other the trainers. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Golf stuff, I believe. <laughs> what, I would, yeah. what I would say about uh, Abue is, you, okay, you can concede that he's not played in this game, you know, and it's a risk putting him in, but it's also a risk putting somebody like McGregor in. It's less of a risk, but... Because he's played against only, only because of these perceptions were, were thrown up around it. It's not, in terms of being a footballer, and it's not it's not as much of a risk, I wouldn't say. Well, well currently... Yeah. Point yeah, um, yeah, but that's kind of theory at the moment. But it's, Ring, we've we've currently I, got players in the team not functioning and woefully short of confidence. I don't, I don't really see where. And exactly in terms of in terms of what I expect Abui to do, the role he's going to fulfil, he's more of a direct swap for Beton as well. So I, I, I okay, it's a punt. I'll gr- I'll give you that, but it's a punt yeah, worth taking. Let, let me let me. Thank you. Let, let me jump in. Um, so, range and I want your thoughts on this, Christian. I don't really, but you're here. <laughs> um, I'm only joking. I'm only joking, pal. Um, it's um, Hind- Rangers midfield at, against St Johnson. So that wasn't against Hamilton. Um, was what, what? Why was, was St Johnson? Was it the weekend? No, no, Hamilton at the weekend. Well, their, their midfield against actually their midfield over the last couple of games has been Hindman, Toral, Toral's a good player. Um, Heinemann seems to be quite a box-to-boxy from what I've seen I've not seen a lot of them Torral seems to be able to pick a pass and Holt is just your kind of central midfielder I don't fear any of them I don't think that Halliday's been on the bench last couple of games as well um, so, so Christian let's try and think this one out what midfield would you play up against uh, against that Rangers midfield because now they've got a player in Torral who can play a pass but who to Miller maybe well you've got Miller and you've got Joe so Torral's Terrell's the playmaker right. is different to what they've had previously up against us. How's Miller doing? Is he came off at half time of the weekend, didn't he? He's, he's he, facing the jail up, aren't they? So that's a difference. Yeah, he, um, he uh, reacted. He reacted <laughs> badly to coming off. From what I'm led to believe, he reacted badly he? to people shouting things at his girlfriend, and he came back and battled them allegedly. Allegedly, did they? at half time. Aye. Well, <laughs> <no. laughs> this is the Hamlin game. Um, Sorry, to interrupt that point though. You were you were making a point about the midfield with Christian there. So Sorry, I derailed, no, derailed I my own point. <laughs> I think it's why I would like McGregor in there is, is as you said he, he carries the ball more but he's I think he just has more energy he he has more of a drive he has I think he's a very underrated player and I think together with Armstrong you have two proper box to box to have the capacity to run up and down and put pressure on those that midfield and I think with Brown and Beton I would play one of them and obviously it's going to end up being Brown in a game like that but the two of them together, it goes a little bit slow and it goes a little bit, as I said, there's not too much. It's not quickly enough forward. So I, so that's really why I would have somebody like McGregor in. Ideally, you would have somebody else. And I think that's more a summer thing where you bring in that, you know, the, the third midfielder there. But I, I think, yeah, no, I, I think you become a bit too static and a bit too flat-footed. If in a game like that you have Brown and Beton, it's fine against other teams like where the team sits back and you play around them anyway. But in a game like that, with Rangers, I think Rangers will, you know, they'll probably come out Celtic a little bit more than they have. And I think you need to be up to that. You need somebody's energy, like McGregor's energy in there. I'm not, you know, in all, in all seriousness, like, um, I, 
McGregor has qualities. There's no doubt about it, and we, we've we've talked about it in the past. He has qualities. I just don't think he's good enough for Celtic. No, no. it's that it's that simple. I, I think he could go and have a really decent. He's the type of guy that would go to the championship. I know he was obviously at um, Notts County, yeah, and he did well. That was, that was League One, but I'm I'm sure he could step up to the championship, and I'm sure he would do very well. And I I want the guy to do well. I just personally don't think he's good enough for Celtic with Kawasi being brought in as well. Is there going to be a space for him even on the bench? He's Ross Wallace. He's, he's certainly got a... He would have a role to play in a squad uh, for Celtic. But playing him in big games in central midfield isn't for me. No, I yeah. totally agree. I mean, I've, I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I'd quite happily keep him. He's there for backup. I'll happy with that. Have him Henderson. I like having my homegrown players as backup. Yeah. That'll do me. But going forward, McGregor's been left behind. Hopefully Henderson hasn't. Henderson hasn't, but it we, looks we are, like we are, he does. We're Hendel fans as well, yeah. but I, I just... You know, he had those run of games where he had maybe four games and he did really well at St. Johnson away. And then when he had, you know, those two games after that, he, he didn't impose See, himself the way I was hoping. Okay, all, all your reservations about McGregor, were they any different, well, maybe yours, but were they any different in general to um, like people's perception of Armstrong? Because see McGregor look at Armstrong at the start of the season, you probably get the same criticism. He's not good enough for Celtic. He can't take that step forward. The, pr- the problem is they both had equal time to improve, and McGregor hasn't done it to mm. as a degree as Armstrong. Armstrong's made himself invaluable to the team. Mm. Armstrong's made himself one of the first names on when he's fully fit. One of the first names on the sheet. Um, McGregor's never ever. I also been think that. people are a bit romantic about Liam Henderson. I, I they they that, like the idea of yeah, Liam Henderson. That's what I've, been, I've said that for, for quite a while, that we want another Paul McStay. We want someone born, brought into the club, be the number eight, really just dominate and dictate. And Henderson... I, I, now, John McGinn... No, let's not go with McGinn. <laughs> um, we've got some questions uh, or some points. Um, with the. In fact, before we, we go to that, what are your thoughts, predictions? Chris, you said 4-0. Um, predictions? 3-1, I'll go. 3-1, scorers? Two Kwasi with two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dembele with at least two, I would say. 2-0. Scorers are? Uh, Dembele and Sinclair, the guys, just, well, have they scored 50 goals between them? Yeah. So. In fact, you know what, sorry to do real this completely, but I've just thought of an even better example as to why Kwasi has to be in that oh, team. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Patrick Roberts. Patrick Roberts, the same age as him, roughly, had a disastrous game in his first oh, that's against right. Rangers. That miss. Appalling game. It hasn't done anything to dent his confidence and it hasn't affected his career in any way. You're quite right. must in. play. Kowasi starts. Yes. <laughs> Predictions though? 4-1. Four, four I think Rangers will score. Just uh, because I, I, I think as the season goes on, our back two, the back two that I picked, they're not improving. They're starting to look a bit jaded. So I'm losing confidence in our defence as the as the as the weeks go by. I think Rangers will score. So two on no four one. Four one sorry, because Dembele's going to score a hat trick again. You think so? I, I, Who I, did you have in? Did you have Boyata staying in? I had Boyata staying in. Yeah, yeah. I think Dembele's got a hat trick. It's been a couple of weeks since he scored a hat trick. He's due one. Just give him a wee hat trick. Three one Celtic scorers. McGregor, <laughs> Lustig, and uh, Dembele. I like a lot of what you're saying. Um, centre-half pairing, this is from Dre. Uh, um, centre-half pairing for Sunday. Boyata must start, in my opinion. I would pair with Jozo. It's, it, it's Boyata's jersey to lose, surely. I think it would be odd for him to have played every game 
in 2017 so far, am I right in that? I think yeah. he started every game. Yeah. And for him to drop out in this without any major disasters, um, I think it, I would find it strange if he dropped out. Uh, as far as his partner goes, it's sort of six and a half a dozen at the moment. Neither, neither of them are grabbing it. Uh, personally, I would probably go with Sumerovic. I think he's a better all-round player. Maybe a bit sort of, yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell. Sorry, I need a microphone. <laughs> oh, not on this podcast, can't just speak. See, the more I think about it, no, I'm, I'm not changing my mind. Svetchenko's staying. Um, <laughs> Good mic. We've got a question from, from Alex. What's your prediction? Did my you make prediction? a prediction? Um, my prediction would be uh, I actually think we might keep a clean sheet. Um, mm. and I So th- they're going to score now. So how many are we going to score, Chris? <laughs> It's unbelievable. Honestly, he <laughs> just he just he can't says be, stuff. Can't be, but you're drawn it out. You're drawn it out. Okay, uh, I think we will. I think Dembele's going to get two, and Sinclair's going to get two, and obviously Lustig's going to get one. <laughs> well, I mean, on obviously. the clean sheet that I said three one, that one hinges entirely on whether Kenny Miller starts because that prick con is always there. He's always causing he is problems. the only see from from danger from a danger point of view when you look at that Angels team right. Here's a team that played against Hamilton right. Um, Hill and Kiernan it said well Kiernan. Is Kiernan available? They Hopefully, appealed it. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Uh, it's uh, they had Wallace, Tavernier, Hill, and Kiernan. That's <laughs> it's you know it's a bad defense. Uh, it's Tavern Tavernier. I keep calling him Tavernier. I don't know why. I'm never sure either. Yeah, I think it's like either and either. I say both of them. I just sort of blend in, blend between the two. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Um, <laughs> so Tavernier, or whatever you call him, he, he pushes so far forward that he's basically a midfielder for them, so there's space in behind. Their weakest side is their right side, and their strongest side is our left side. So, so yeah. I mean, absolutely. We saw what Sinclair did to my eyebrows. Sinclair started the eyebrows game first, like, we all, the whole team started poorly in the first, do you think yeah. that will be burning Aye, in the back of their it, head? No, well, it was poor for the first half hour, but so was everybody, then he roasted them. No, that's he what I mean though, but do you alive. think, I think there'll be something in Sinclair's head that'll be like, do you know what, from the get-go, I'm going to show them, to do you know what I mean, I've got a point to prove. He doesn't, but... It's a, it's a different environment, Celtic Park, I mean, eyebrows, they were throwing the kitchen sink at us, they're going to come here nervous, Um and I think I think we'll come straight out of the traps on them. Um, just on, as I said, midfield was uh, Heidman, Holt, and Toral. Wag, you assume Waghorn, Miller, and Mackay would probably be the front sort of three. Obviously, Mackay. The, the issue we had with um, Mackay was that Forrest didn't protect Lustig in mm. in the uh, the Ibrox game. Would we expect Pat to do any better? Well, to protect him, Mackay was, was cut, sort protected. of. It was sort of. He needs to up his game, son. That's what he needs to do. But Mackay, I think Mackay was kind of playing a f- kind of wing back role that game, and when Roberts came on, Mackay had the game of his life. The boys pish. No, no, I, I yeah, agree he did. With uh, you, by he did. I mean, he looked he looked very good in the first half. You'll give him that. But when Roberts got the ball and pushed him back in the second half, you forget. See for the second, their second goal, he cuts inside, drifts past him like he's not there, and plays the ball through for Armstrong. Yeah, so for Armstrong. But Barry McKay, Forrest did that little in the first half that it gave him the chance just to get a rampage yeah. forward. Yeah. Barry McKay is Gary McKay Stephen. If Gary McKay Stephen had the break of the ball occasionally, I think that, that's the right. only difference. You know, Gary McKay Stephen falls over the ball and things like that. Barry McKay's not any better. 
Pat Roberts, Steve-O, again, we're connecting, we're vibing, we're yes. jazzing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Feel the electricity in the room. Touching fingers across this table. I thought it would be with you, table. Jamie, I did, but it's just not worked <laughs> out, unfortunately. Steve-O. Hi. <laughs> um, what, what do you, the three of you, like, Patrick Roberts, right, firstly, we're, we're probably, I know, calm down, Chris, we're probably not going to get him, but how highly, how highly do you regard them? Um, we had this conversation on our podcast, and we're going to flip it round to you guys. Oh my God, this is And we're going to say... Two distinctly different types of winger in Forrest. The pacey guy who doesn't have much of a trick but uses... Sorry, Tinder. You <laughs> it's actually not. <laughs> uh, the pacey guy who doesn't have much of a trick uses his pace and gets right to the byline. Or the skillful, tricky winger who has a trick and comes inside. Which one of those do you prefer? Um, well, the thing we always kind of highlight um, was the, the game I'll always mention when it comes to James Forrest. Um, we played Ajax away. And he was, I can't remember the Ajax fullback, but from kickoff, and this is something that I'm sure you'll all have noticed when Forrest was kind of in full flow, is um, they give the ball to Forrest and he'll take his fullback on, and if he can't beat the fullback for fa- for pace, hmm. he's done. He's out of the game. Is it so Veltman, maybe? It may have been, yeah. So as soon as the fullback matches him or beats him, Forrest literally then thinks to himself, I really don't know what to do here. Now, I'm not saying he's that he's got other kind of tools in his his box I don't know if that's the right phrase but <laughs> the, the fact is I, I would rather I'd rather I'd rather Pat Roberts than a, a yeah. PC winger frankly I think James Forrest fits well in a, in a counter-attacking team but what he needs is space he needs space yeah. to run into he needs behind it so I think and Patrick Roberts especially well the games that Celtic have especially domestically they're going to dominate and it's not actually going to be too much space Behind the back line, <laughs> unless you mock, um, unless you Warburton and you, you know, they put a high line in, which was, it was just really smart. But now I think Patrick Roberts is, he doesn't have Forrest's spa- uh, pace, but he has the ability to glide past players in a lot of smaller areas. So I think Roberts is better suited overall to the way Celtic plays most of the time. He's also just a better player than James Forrest. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And Chris, do we even need your to? <laughs> <laughs> he just has to stay, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Forrest no. can do Forrest can do what he does all day long against like Motherwell and, and Inverness Kelly. What was that game in which he had recently had four assists? Yeah. Basically all the same thing, just running to the yeah. byline and crossing it. He can do that all day long against these teams. But in Europe against what I said earlier on, like superior athleticism and more structured defences, I just I don't think he gets away with it. I think I mean the 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 it was Inverness where he got the assists, was it? Yeah, that's the Inverness game. Sorry, six nil game. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, he'll have games like that where he, you know, he plays really frighteningly well, um, and you know, and everything seems to go right for him. But even at the, in the earlier part of the season, I think a lot of the games where he was getting praised for, he wasn't actually contributing that much at times. Was it just he was better than he had been the previous yeah. season? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think initially he had he had a lot of more effective games. And there was a continuation of that where he looked brighter and he looked better, but he wasn't contributing as much. There was also a period when Roberts came back in where he struggled. Sometimes Roberts looks as if he's trying. He was trying too hard at times, trying to make things uh, come off. But I think over the course of the season, and I'm sure Christian might have the stats here, over the course of the season, I would say that Roberts has contributed to more important games than Forrest has. Exactly. The Man City game. Man City for a start, yeah. We should mention Gladbach game at home. Yeah. I know we didn't, we didn't thingy, but he was he was brilliant when he came on. Yeah. 
Albion Rovers as well. Of course. Excellent point. I'll just touch on something that you brought up earlier, Christian. Um, I don't know if Rangers are going to play the same way against us that they played under Warburton. Warburton famously didn't have a plan B. We discussed this before, but we think, well, we don't think, but, you know, this looks like a Rangers team that everybody's pitching in a bit and the senior players are going to have a lot of say. And one of those senior players is Kenny Miller. And Kenny Miller's favourite thing in the whole world is everyone behind the ball except him and big punts. Hi. So yeah. I think we're probably going to see a return Which to I that. Think they, I think they play differently at Hampton in the semi-final. Because that was kind of like a game with I felt they've set back more than yeah. at Parkhead. <laughs> and, you know, Warburton famously said, oh, we're, we're a lot closer now since we only lost 1-0. They were just as outplayed in that game. I actually, think, too I far actually away. think we were... And, and I'm, I don't know what the stats were on it, but no, no, seriously, but we, we actually rattled them in that game. Now, it, it finished 1-0 with your man Griffiths being a massive, massive um, impact player on in that game. But... The funny thing with that, you're, you, about him them sitting back, um, I remember watching that game with my dad, the, the 1-0 victory at Hamden in the semi, um, and it got to the 50th minute, and it got to the 70th minute, and I said to my dad, I was like, you fucking watch this, they're going to sneak one, and they had a chance in about mm. the 75th or 80th minute. The block by Simonovic. Mm. That's it. And you're just saying to yourself, see if that goes in, the whole season turns, the whole season turns. I'd still be confident we'd score, but still... No, yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's... And that's exactly what I was talking about earlier on when I was saying well, we, we might very well lose one old firm game. It's, yeah. it's on moments like that where it doesn't go your See, way. we're vibing now, I we're, like it. We've we're, connected, we're, we're, we're I mean, only took almost an hour and 20 yeah. minutes. You know, I'm as disappointed as you, Frank. He gets any trouble for this old firm patter on our podcast as well. I know, it's, just goes stu- out it's stuck, yeah. it's stuck, it's stuck <laughs> in my head. Did you notice that Gal was like this far away from saying expected goals? <laughs> I dare you Because the XG was pretty much the same Between the 5-1 game and the and the 1-0 game On a serious point Can you edit in like beeps for any time somebody said the whole firm <laughs> That would be absolutely uh, brilliant yeah. That would be good That would be fun there, You saying it there? Yes Yeah you know, yes, but, but that would be, that'd be quite good though. Yeah. Do you honestly think I'm going to spend it? that much Do you think I'm going to listen to this back? Can you give, exactly. us, a, can you give us a transcript of this podcast? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> of course um, I Just um, is, Are you getting other kind of points you want to make about like, like Rangers? General? I mean, just, right, okay, do you know what? <laughs> Steve was back in yeah. <laughs> um, um, Just, obviously with the whole Rangers situation Now, we're playing them on on Sunday, and we do kind of like to look to, at the form of the team that we're, we're kind of up against. So they did win seven, um, sorry, six nil the weekend, but they are a shambles. And it really, the thing that's worked for the teams of Camey Parkhead is the fact they've been so organised. They've had a plan. They've had a system. They've worked it well. Everyone, and even with that, teams are still getting spanked. You know, I, I know we mentioned earlier on about you know we don't want to be overconfident, but could we potentially if we get a couple of early goals, actually, do you think they will fall apart? Because they don't have that. Now, they've got Kenny Miller. Clint Hill, firstly, looks like he doesn't really give that much of a shit. Um, And, you know, a a big defeat up here, playing for a Rangers team that are on their last legs, I don't think it's going to bother them. You've got someone like Andy Halliday who would care whether he's starting or not, I don't know. Because if you look at uh, Heinemann, Toral, Heinemann and Toral, for example, they, they won't have played in a game like this. 
Halliday's someone like Halliday's desire to beat Celtic wouldn't concern me because I don't think he's a good enough player to mm. influence that in any way. Kenny Miller is different to that because he, he is still as much as it sticks he's in my throat. He's a best player. Yeah, he's a he nuisance. Is. And you said earlier that he, his favourite thing in the world was just sticking everyone behind him and letting him run about. Mm. His second favourite thing in the world was scoring against Celtic. Mm. And he... he He's dangerous. Andy Halliday isn't, isn't a concern, and him, you know, really wanting to beat Celtic, I don't think. I don't. But think you think if it. we concede, like if they, if we score within the first ten minutes, and we're really at the races, we could take a few goals off them. Yeah, I, d- I don't think you'll see a collapse from Rangers. I just think. I think. I think. They, I honestly for, think they could. Mm, I just think for all. Because I think f- they did in the five-one game in the, as well. I know it took your man to get sent off, but no. before that, we were pressing and we were. No, pressing. I don't. I don't. I, I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think they collapsed the five-one game. It goes back to what I just think we were too good, and those things are different. I think it, for all Rangers' flaws, they're a group of, of good professionals, and they're not going to want embarrassed. Well, they are. Are you just shaking your head? I, I don't think Kenny Miller's going to. Is he's going to collapse if Celtic score early? Do you know what I mean? I don't think Andy Halliday's arse is going to collapse if Celtic score early. I think. I think. I don't think these guys are are weak minded and weak willed. That I think. I, I think a lot of them are. I think that's the do issue. Do you think? I think that's the pro. I think that's the problem. I think. I thought the manager was the issue. To be honest with you, I, I see out of the, 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 that eleven, um, would I, I, you know Miller's probably the only one you'd go. Well, you might actually make the squad because the rest of them, I just, I don't think they're of good Keenan standards. Keenan is um, suspended, this you know, as well. Uh, well, did he not get a red card? But they're appealing it in the hopes ah, that he okay. can play in this yeah, game. I think it's thirsty, isn't it? Yeah. Is the thing. Well, we've got Danny Wilson. He'll come in and he'll Cinderus, be it? really, really slow. Danny Wilson for Celtic. Which person in this room advocated that? Christian, <laughs> Christian said that because no, no one's going back to remember Carl. former Liverpool stopper Danny Wilson. <laughs> is that him? <laughs> He's got really good football. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds just like him. He's got a really good brain. He's do got me, a really do good me. brain. No, I can't. The thing is, though, we, do, because we went because we went to Hutchie Grammar, um, <laughs> we're very <laughs> went to Hutchie. Um, we didn't, as you can probably tell. Uh, question from Alex McDee: With Rogers wanting to sign three players before next season, do the boys out on loan still have a chance in the team? Uh, I'll just like I'll name the uh, someone who's at people out on loan: Fasan, Ambrose, Janko, O'Connell, McCart, no. Christie, Allen, Ayer, mm, uh, yes, yeah. Thompson, Chifty, Big Nadir, Nesbitt. Can you know now? No, you sure? Aye. All right. Um, Christy? I and Christy, I would say, are the two, two standouts from that. That would say only 18 as well. So he's I don't know much yeah. about him. He's had a couple of more years. I'm only more. thinking about the guys who I've, I've actually seen anything of at all. Because um, we started this season with Yanko playing. No, at or half. He played for Red Ems, uh, against Red Ems, didn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah. I should have been playing for Red Ems, yeah. so it would be the. <laughs> He would have been in Red Imp's top five players, I reckon. Yeah, Yanko. well, top, <laughs> mid to top. Yeah. Uh, o- O'Connell is a guy who Celtic fans, for so- some bizarre reason, thinks going to be a player. Do you guys rate him at all? I think he's out of contract in the summer anyway. Mm. Again, we've left guys like that behind. It was fine at the start of the season. He was a stopgap when we had nothing else. But 
even Christie, I, I don't see it happening for him. I, I, you know, I'm a massive Christie fan. I was really happy when we signed him, but I, I, I don't see him being. Uh, again, if he wants to come and sit on the bench, well, he, he could have been sitting on the bench now. He might have got a chance because Roderick being injured. It's no use. The, the guy that age has to be playing. He's already had his games at Inverness, a bit like Henderson. He had a full season. Now he's coming in and he's getting games here and there. It's not going to aid his development. Henderson's 19. He could go out and loan for another two years and come back. Christie, is he not 21? I just don't see it happening for the guy. I don't even yeah. know where his best position would as be, far to be honest. O'Connell, I see him being a similar situation to Darnell Fisher. I see him being a sort of willy, won't he, for a long time. Willy getting to the team, won't he? And then all of a sudden he's gone and everyone forgets about him. And it, whatever happened to Owen O'Connell, I left six months ago. I think yeah. I can see one of those happening. I agree with yeah. you. He's, he's, he's not got it. I just don't think... He, nah. I don't. <laughs> it's strange to think about how Cannell actually played. I think Has to got a high rate of expected tackles. Uh, that's that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> we'll have to start discussion afterwards. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think Gal just doesn't like O'Connell because Jack Lyons like him. Um, I don't. I, I, I firstly, and all. I, I, it's not. It's in no way a beef. I, I, I just I, what I find weird is um, people at the start of the season like clung on to him like he was going to be. This great player, he, and what, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. playing the Champions League qualifiers. He was doing okay, but people were talking about him legitimately, like he's a, this great white hope, and him going out on loans a a, a terrible, a disgraceful thing because we should be playing him because he's that good. Yeah. Mm. I've I've seen guys like him come and go throughout my, watching Celtic. Exactly. There's been like, hundreds of them. People build up like a mysticism about some players when, in actual fact, all you need to do is watch the boy play football. That it's that very, good. very simple. He's not that good at football. He's not good enough to be a Celtic defender. And that's to say, that's, uh, no, and with all due respect, that's my feelings on McGregor. Mag- McGregor, as soon as Braden Rodgers gets the squad he wants, McGregor will be nowhere near it. I agree. And that's, that's, just, that's just a cold, hard... But I can't do it. <laughs> no one was captivated by that. <laughs> so many captivating, as always. Um, we've got a lot of questions about the referee... Um, Bobby Madden, I think a lot of people are worried because, uh, you know, why wouldn't you be? If, um, if Brother Madden is the is the key influence on the game, I would be disappointed in Celtic for allowing that to happen. He, well, the, the ref the ref gave, ultimately gave Rangers the game against Hamilton but Hamilton don't have enough about them to do anything about that. No. Um, I would be disappointed in Celtic. Allowing the referee to be the, the main factor. Yeah. One one thing I will say about referees is, and I sort of joke in our podcast about being into mad conspiracy theories and all that. One thing I did say on our podcast yesterday, the last one was, how often do bizarre refereeing occurrences need to happen in Rangers games before people start to go, this is more than a bizarre occurrence? Now, I'm not saying there's some wild conspiracy, but I do think that quite often it's, you know, take Hamilton for instance, you're going to give Rangers the benefit of the doubt against Hamilton. Did you see Fotheringham's re- um, handball? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, now, if did that, you see it, Christian? <clears throat> it was insane. Uh, did you not? Now, let me frame it like this. If that was the Hamilton goalkeeper... You'd be off. And, and it's that easy. Now, does that same thing apply... Does that same thing apply to when Rangers play Celtic? I don't know. I, 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 it's it's tough. Will the referee... But I ultimately, I agree with what you said, Steve. Well, when I talk about him being a major influence... Steve, yeah. <laughs> he's on fire. <laughs> I mean... Um, if he was to go out there and give Rangers 16 penalties, for example, right, whatever, that's ludicrous, obviously. But I mean, if the Rangers, if the ref was to give Rangers, you know, every every sort of doubtful 50-50, I think that's not 
insurmountable. I think Celtic should be well above that. Sorry, Mel, I just grabbed this mic. But I I do think that's what happened in the semi-final. I do think, and one of you guys will be able to fill me in, but the Italian referee scandal, was that not how the referees influenced the game in Italy? What scandal? (laughs) Yes. I think what happened was when there was a... You could have captured that in the podcast when I looked at you. When when, when there's a 50-50... You cheat by increments and, and you give the advantage somewhat to another team. I'm not saying there's a, a mad refereeing scandal. I'm just saying that in that semi-final, Rangers did seem to get... If there, was a, if there was a way to help them out with a 50-50, it seemed to go that way. I don't know if the referee was protecting them or whatever, but I just... Chris? Just touching on the Hamilton game, I mean, the Fothering one, Fotheringham one was bad, but... You could make an excuse for close speed. That Garner tackle, though. Now, that's the one, yeah. That is absolutely frightening. That is just assault. Yeah. And. Remember Duncan, Duncan Ferguson? Yeah. <laughs> Getting yeah. done for headbutting the guy he next day. Yeah. He got jailed for that. Right? As a result of that? Yeah. 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 Um, I think he'd narrowly avoided jail a few times before that. That was an accumulative effect sort of thing. But, but from the referee's position. Because he obviously seen it if he gave a yellow card. To, to, for that not to be a sending off well, and a further ban, because he can't appeal it because no. he booked him. Well, that's that's the thing. That Ridiculous. is the one that stands out of those decisions. In that, I don't I don't see what the other side of it was for the for the outside the box thing. You could say, well, I thought it was inside the box. Uh, inside the box for the penalty decision. Well, I thought it was a penalty. What did the ref think that tackle was? If he didn't think it was a a direct assault. Yeah. I don't understand what the what the reasoning behind it was. I can get all the other all the other alleged mistakes, but what's the what's the excuse for that one? Exactly. Melly, your thoughts? The guy was a former Rangers season ticket holder, I mean that's going to affect his game, and no matter if I was a referee in a Celtic Rangers game, I it would be instinct to give things to Celtic. So I agree with Stephen, but we shouldn't be allowing the ref to have any sort of effect on it. If I was a referee in a Celtic Rangers game, I'd be really professional and just like be call it fifty-fifty. I'd give it absolutely really professional. Christian, what's he? Obviously, someone who's um, kind of came in and from another country. You, you, you know, the standard in Norway is it's not any better, no. Um, but do you think? Do you think there is a bias towards Rangers? I think the main problem. I've, I've seen that. I said this before. The main problem with the referee, referees in Scotland is that they're not very good. Yeah, and, and I think it, essentially that is that's what coming out. I think this whole, and I also think that the referees are a, a, a group that doesn't do themselves any favor. Now we've tried to get referees, yeah, that, you know, assistant referees on this pod to talk about it as well, but it's a very close mentality in terms that referees seems to think that if if they just don't say anything, that's fine. But if you, if you don't come out and if you don't explain the situation, you just let this conspiracy talk and everything else just blossom up. It like it's a vacuum of discussing it. So I think essentially they're not very good. You know, as you say, I th- you know I, I think I don't think there is a, such a thing as a conspiracy, but I do think there is bad referees that subconsciously you know can make. Certain decisions, and and I think it's the, I think they kind of just follow more, follow more. We talked about this on the last pod as well that Celtic doesn't seem to get any sort of um, even as a home team doesn't get any sort of leeway from the referees. You know they they get kicked up in the open air a lot, um, and nothing really seems to happen. And I don't know if that's a sense of because they're so dominant that 
referees almost doesn't feel a need to, you know, they can let things go. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I think. I think in the Rangers game and against other teams, the mentality of the referees might be oh, they're getting muddled here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to I'm not going to give every single thing because this team are getting muddled here. Do you know what I think? I think there's a bias against Celtic. <laughs> Gen- no, genuinely, I, I, genuinely, I do. Why? Why? Well, just said it. I was in the bathroom. Bobby Madden is an <laughs> is a ex Rangers season ticket holder. Well, yeah, that it, we, we yeah. all believe that there's been at some point corruption in the SFA. Yeah. I mean, so that yeah. it's been proven. Yeah. So uh, to well, to, now, to now think that there is no bias against Celtic, I think, yeah. is a little naive, frankly. And. and, and uh, they're all pure heavy bastards. Well, but it, <laughs> and I, see the season, the season of honest mistakes, that famous season where everything went tits up, it was that following year that Rangers went under. Now, the only way to prevent Rangers going under, this is turning into a conspiracy podcast, was to ease their way into as many competitions as you possibly can and provide them with as much money as you could. So, in that respect, you kind of think, well, you join those two dots. And then when Rangers did go under the effort the SFA went to preserve their place in the top league, you think, yeah. well, there's another bit. And then all this talk of Armageddon and, you know, the, the feeling too, yeah, the feeling in the SFA was Rangers must remain a top flight club. Yeah. Why, why see, you know, why do we not have all this reformation of, oh, bad words, reformation <laughs> of um, Scottish football? Not really. Reformation of Scottish football, like now, why they're not saying we need sixteen teams, we need this, we exactly. need that. So I mean, you, you, you will see if Celtic keep winning, you will have it. Oh no, yeah, of course. Because Celtic keep winning, you, you will have it. Uh, we've got a lot of questions. Actually, we've got a lot of comments. Just saying, uh, retro Celtic, all the referees are cut. Corrupt Masonic <laughs> bastards. Um, how influential would the referee be? We've got a lot of referee. The final question we'll ask is from Kieran Crawford. What are your thoughts on the trend of Celts dyeing their blonde hair? Their hair blonde, Sinclair, Denbors, Kawasi, and Biton. I'm looking to find out from Chris Armani what his thoughts are on this. Um, very important subject. Kawasi can do what he wants. He's your new, he's your new boy. He is. He's because I, and you yeah. have to. Just I have to. I'm doing it tonight <laughs> in case Roberts doesn't sign, but I'm not going to. So to going forward, he's, do you know who doesn't dye his hair blonde? Who? Stuart. Because he doesn't have to. Stuart's, Stuart's got lovely hair, and apparently he uses hair bond yeah. to style those locks. But what I'm going to say is in '96, when Gaza done it, it was a stupid idea. <laughs> and it's a stupid idea today, apart from Kawasi. Romania '94, yes. when the whole team did it, and they didn't win a single game in the World Cup after. So, cause guys, thoughts? I would I would have to take them on a case by case basis. I couldn't make a sweeping judgment about the blonde hairs because they are all very different. They're all very, they're all unique in their own way. Sinclair's is terrible. That uh, that looks like someone's cut up a, a rug or something. Um, yeah, a job. <laughs> Dembele's was a bit demolition manny. I, I quite like that for That's a bit. Not bad. Yeah. Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix. You're saying you're thinking one credit. That's right. Um, who who else was in there? Oh, uh, Beton. Beton seems to be morphing more and more into Massimo Donati by the day. <laughs> Not just in appearance, but in footballing style as well. <laughs> Thoughts? Just as we're finishing, uh, they're young guys who do daft things, <laughs> aren't they? The only thing is, if you go, if you're going to do it. You need to back up with the talent. Then Bailey right. and Sinclair do that. Does beat on? He doesn't. He beats off. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't mean masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, you've taken us down one of these conversation cul-de-sacs again. <laughs> no, it's like, yes, he beat on when he's playing well. What's your thoughts on the yeah. question? One thing about bit on is 
Why did nobody at the club notice that we spelt his name wrong in the back of his shirt for one entire <laughs> season? Do you know what, he played with one T on the back of his shirt for a whole year. Yeah, but they spelt Van Hoydonk's name wrong for a period of time yeah. as well. And it was Marco Viduka for a long time. Right? Sure. It was Marco it's almost Viduka. like, how do you spell his name? Give me that evening times. And then they just, <laughs> they just go with it from there. I think they just... That's right, it was a, a Y, a y at one yeah. point. I think he just wanted Mark Viduka to sound more foreign because at that time foreign players were more exotic. I know. Um, Blontier, I'm all for it. Fuck it. Terrific. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's us. We're at 1.30, 90 minutes. Um, we would do longer, but you have to go, Jamie. I've got so food. You, you've ruined it a little sorry, bit. Sorry, man. I'm sorry we didn't get to have an argument, what? Christian. We'll talk after so the podcast. So next time. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after the podcast. I was really well, thrilled about hearing him turn the whole conversation of Scottish football into a fucking spreadsheet. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it never happened. Well, you know, Excel 2016 and stuff. But <laughs> it, no, no. I, I think we should have the stat discussion at some other point. We can and have, do you know, in all seriousness, we are going to do... Uh, Podcast special on stats. Oh, that sounds awful. Well, we talked about that, but why we've had one. We did that a year ago. Oh, did we? In all seriousness, you weren't there. In all seriousness, stats okay. aren't the issue. Why do we? Do, why do we all <laughs> agree to take it back to Twitter? Because it's so hard to do face to face. We can all be a, bo- a lot nastier on Twitter. <laughs> I, know, I know. We can all get stuck right in. No, just just to <laughs> clarify, it, it's not stats per se that the issue. I understand that they're important. It's just they need to add something to the game. They need to tell more of a story than someone presenting an Excel spreadsheet going. Mind that game, it was 5-1, well, the expected goals were the same as a game that was 1-0. And mummy, it's not really that, it doesn't really add anything to me. And that, that is my major no, beef with the stats. <laughs> no, no. Are you kidding? Uh, no, no, I'm, and that's fine. I mean, if, if people is not interested in stats, it's absolutely fine. Yes. Because, you know, you you look at football, you participate in football in different ways. Just that, you know, people do the same with films and music. So if stats not your thing, that's cool. But don't confuse that with this is nonsense and this is not any value and that can bring something to the discussion well, because I think that it's two slightly different things yeah, that seems and to I be think, conflated think, sometimes. Yeah, I think what I think with the latter you're more correct. I think sometimes I'm not just saying you, but I think sometimes people use stats in an effort to over intellectualize the game in a sense as it doesn't add value. It it doesn't bring anything, you know. Uh, you could back up almost any argument. Now, we touched on a football blogger that particularly liked Owen O'Connell. Yeah. And he was reaming off stats and various other things to back up why Owen O'Connell was and should have been in, in, the, in the team. But the fact of the matter was he, he shouldn't have been. So, Well, I think in, in terms of O'Connell, it wasn't so much the stats, it's actually an analysis, uh, analytics. Um, but see the game that he was talking about where he had a good game away in thingy he gave the ball away like four times and he hit three because I remember the game specifically he hit three long balls that went absolutely nowhere in the Champions League you can't do that and the guy's not here on this podcast Jack, Jack's clearly talented and I'm not yeah. getting at him it was just that one no I mean thing. you know I'm, I'm I'm quite close to Jack and I know him well and I respect his opinion immensely because I think he's really really good and I, I'll think, I really think he'll go places but as you say in terms of you don't have to over-intellectualize it. I think this 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 point about stats and not using it is, is kind of a bit of an anti-intellectualism. So that you don't, you know, people seem to be get their back up when somebody brings in stats because that's something, that's not the way they talk about football. I completely agree with... No, no, I completely agree with you. You can't just look at a spreadsheet. You have you to have both. You, I think the you, point you, is you need, you need both. You absolutely need both. Stats need to be in addition to the story of the game. I, I agree. I mean, you need eyes, but you also need the data. I don't think I, I can do the both. I mean, I, I, I feel 
you know, I, I can experience football in both ways. You know, you go to a game like the City game, whereas you're totally immersed in it. You don't, you don't think about stats. Then you don't, it's just an, it's an experience and you're there and you feel it. But then afterwards, I, I enjoy looking at, you know, the underlying numbers. The, you know, what's the numbers telling you about that? Because it, it gives me a different perce- perception. Yeah. It can be a corrective. But you can never only do one. But I also don't really agree with this thing about, okay, that's, you know, and I quite, stats, I think quite stats aren't subjective. You know, opinions are subjective. Stats done correctly are objective. That doesn't mean the stats are correct and your subjective opinion isn't correct. But is that I just don't see this. I think sometimes stats are a lot more use when you join the dots with them. For instance, yeah, I, agree. I remember there was a, a discussion about someone was talking about the expected goals ratio um, against or for the Rangers team, apart from two games which were an aberration. And there was a lot of discussion around this. And I was to say, well, well why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, go the extra step. Well, it's an aberration because those teams, they came up against Rangers, changed to a three up front, and those teams mm-hmm. had five of them. It seems that extra step never comes along. And that is my issue with stats. A lot no, of times, I, I people absolutely agree. throwing stats at an yeah. argument. You know, here's why I think this. Well, here's the stats why you're wrong. Well, That's another point. Kristen, you said something, and you're right, that it, it sometimes gets people to back up to be, to be sort of bombarded with stats. And I think what can contribute to that is... Sometimes the delivery, sometimes it can come across like I understand football more than you do because I have paid attention to this thing. Whereas you're just, you know, you're just watching the stuff that's on the park. I've got got it all up here. Taps temple. (laughs) And and that's a fair comment. And I think that's probably intensified on somewhere like Twitter. Yeah, I'm not you, if you sat down in particular. I'm just saying in yeah. general. You no, know, well, yeah, again, all my things aren't aimed at you specifically. <laughs> no, <that's fine. laughs> this is a no, episode, then. Yeah. 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 But but that, that's often what in Twitter as, as a thing. Yeah. It, it's short and constant and, and bombardic, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's the way it is. But I I, I I do get your point. But I think it's often felt the other way as well that when somebody brings in any sort of numbers, this go. It's, that's nonsense. It, and you know, can you remind me of this? Keep keep, keep numbers out of football. I, I, you know? I might have picked you up wrong, but I do remember specific stat views that we fell over, we fell out over was in relation to one, yeah, probably <laughs> in relation to the amount of training time that Ronnie Dyla had. Yeah, with, and that was a team. weird one. I, I didn't really understand why. In, in my you position, fell out over that one. I know because <laughs> I think your position was in defence of Ronnie Dyla. Well, he's had less time to implement his ideas with the team, and my counter argument to that would be. Well, more time to implement bad ideas doesn't make them good ideas. Whereas you and you backed it up with the stats saying, well, here's the amount of training time he's had compared to other managers in the league compared to Derek McInnes. And my point was still, but if the players aren't buying into his ideas and the ideas are bad, and that's sure. that's something that you can't back up with stats, whether or not a player's sure. buying into the management style, it doesn't matter how much time he's got, the but players I, are never going to but buy I think in. that one. I think that specific stat was... Around the comparison with McGuinness as well. Yeah, it was, so I was yeah. saying, I was like, you should get McGuinness into Celtic and Rangers. Derek McGuinness has got a whole more lot time than Ronnie Dyla on on the training pitch, and that that does help. Look at Brendan Rodgers' best season at Liverpool. It's the season he didn't have any games in Europe. Do you think Brendan Rodgers but, had more time with the players than Ronnie Dyla did, or less? No, no, absolutely not. And and that's the thing with being a Celtic manager. And I think. The, the very next tweet I had after that was basically saying, Sorry, while he has, <laughs> well, he doesn't have that much time. That comes with the job as a Celtic manager. Yeah. You have to be able to implement that as a Celtic manager. And I think that, that's a that's a reason, one of the reasons maybe why Ronnie didn't succeed as much as we wanted him to. But it's not it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. But you have to be able to do that. And, and Brendan Rodgers is doing that essentially because he's a better manager. And he's got more experience. So essentially what we're saying is stats, 
with the kind of backup of actually having watched the game, yeah. which is my okay. which and it's a, it's is a, my position. And I, uh, as I have through my whole time knowing him, I agree with Stephen. We two really, really bonded on this entire time, and I do. What analytics stats atti- maybe don't? There are attitudes on, okay, and it is Twitter and all that, so it is bullshit, and you yeah. shouldn't get offended at yeah. anything. And I've exactly. never been. I mean, I'll openly admit I'm an abrasive dick to people yeah. on Twitter sometimes you? for my own no. amusement, mostly. That's insane. Don't uh, talk yourself down. <laughs> no, no. But there are there are some people, um, and I, I, and it, to be honest, I'm not even talking about Scottish football statistics. Yeah. I'm talking about the, the English guys who are just wanks. Stat wanks. Oh, the stat, the stat wanks. But the, no, but it is that sort of. Um, if you don't, you know, you can watch a game, wee man. But if you don't know about, you know, X, yeah, Y, and Z, then, exactly. You know, you don't know. You don't see the full game. But I think and I, I, the people I, I are good. Play fives at goals sometimes. All right, so people are, are good at analytics, much much better than me. Years you know, ago. you need both. You need the eyes. No, you do. You do. And that, but I also think analytics got a problem with the way maybe the phrases and how they put things across. Like expected goals and expected assists. Gets a lot of people's back on, up, and it's, but it's essentially it's, it's it's just a really straightforward thing. Whereas instead of just counting the shots, you you give them a you know almost a this is how big a chance that shot was. No, you're, you're making so, the so. you're making the mistake that a lot of stat wankers do, and presumably <laughs> we don't understand what expected goals are. We do, but what okay. I'm saying well, is it's well, not it's as relevant <laughs> to me as as the performance that you. you so so so, so, so tell me what it is. Uh, as as far as I understand it. Every chance is given a rating on the position of the player and how good a chance it was, rather than just saying they had six shots. It's the quality of each individual shot which leads to the expected goals ratio. Is that correct, more or less? And, and that's, well, it, well, it's different models. But yeah, it's, it's essentially the location of where you take the shot. Um, is it a shot? Is it a header? There's different models. This is the pressure. And was, 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 I correct, was I correct, more or less? No, no, you, that's a good summarization. Thank you. Stat, but I don't understand that. Um, do, why, why is it with that you don't like? I mean, well, does that not make sense? Is uh, that not a better stat than, for example, shots? Does it not make shots? sense? Again, uh, no, of course it does make sense. But what I'm saying is it doesn't add any value. If you if I watch two Celtic and Rangers games and <laughs> Celtic win 5-1, there's no point telling me about expected goals because at the end of the day, there was five real goals and the performance was enough. Now, no, no, I'm but, not criticising those. But, but that's retroactive. Like, looking at a stat like expected goals has been mathematically proven to be a better predictor of future performance and, than, for example, in goals uh, well, and, and shots. And, and this is... I know, Miley, you're choking to go on this, Mike. <laughs> we're, we're way <laughs> over time here, but... Yeah, and that's Expect another... Expect the time to finish this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm going to... This is my, my, the last thing I'll say on this is... And that's another reason why I sort of have a beef with stats, because stats can only be useful. Now, expected goals, I'll take your word on it, but stats, in my opinion, can only be useful if you can move forward with them. And, absolutely. And they, they can show patterns moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. There's no point dissecting a game in 500 different ways and pulling off expected throw-ins and stats. That's not really of interest to me. Analytics, yeah, I'm more interested in that and the way teams play and the way yeah. teams set up, but I, I'm just... And that's with any stats. stats it doesn't make a, it a one-game sample is obviously not as good as a bigger sample. But expected goals just tells you a bit more about in detail and what what's happened but more crucially it tells you more about what will maybe happen for example I'll give you an example from this season Partick Thistle was about bottom of the league after a few months their underlying numbers if you want to call it that shots or expected goals were showing something else so based at that point if people are looking at saying look Partick Thistle don't worry about them they'll be fine and that's come true as well so there's things like I, I get you you know Stephen's point as well saying you don't need stats to tell you that Celtic is doing well. You don't need stats to tell you that Scott Sinclair is a good player. But 
you know, they can tell you something, you know, you can't see at that point. And it can be a conversation starter as well. So I think there's a, a useful, it's usefulness is looking at forward and the patterns. But I think it's, the Rangers game last season was an interesting one because it's seen as this total dominance by Rangers. It wasn't in terms of shots and expected goals. But again, something else comes in there. There's, you know, the narrative around it and the feeling around it was different. And you, you can't see that in the numbers as well. So yeah, you need the eyes and your numbers. See, when you said it's a conversation starter. <laughs> Gal uses that on Twitter. Not all stats are equal in terms of usefulness as well. It's not just an outright condemnation of the use of stats. That's daft. I mean, some are, are just sort of curiosities in that, and that's fine. Have you heard of Agent Scotland on Twitter? <laughs> Don't bring him into this. Oh, uh, come on. You know his thing where he, he posts the per capita attendance? Yeah. I ended up, I think I lost a weekend to this conversation, <laughs> but I had to look at that and it's nearly always Scotland who come top of it. And I had to look further into that and it's because only a country of Scotland's size can come top of it. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I looked into it properly and in order for Germany or Turkey with a massive population to get the same percentage per capita that Scotland do, they would have to fill their biggest stadiums like two or three hundred times per weekend yeah. because of the size of the population. So that, I was like, that just plain yeah. doesn't make sense. I, I, People are just retweeting that stuff yeah. without reading I, I think it. we can all end on the note that Agent Scotland's stats are completely bullshit. Yeah, that I was think a, we can end there. That was a lot of words for bullshit. Yeah. 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 Uh, and on that bombshell, yes. um, we well, are... Hopefully we get to do this again so, soon. Uh, so it turns out Christian and I have got some common ground. I always knew we would. And it turns out that me... It's not... Stephen Irvins... You, you can Melly delete Tinder and, now. And uh, Chris Amani don't give a shit about what you've just said in <laughs> the last 15 minutes. Nah, no, and... But, I mean, don't start again, please. No, no, no I would no, just say... No, 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 no. Control, I, control your... A podcast, a control podcast gives you a lot more time to breathe to and discuss yeah. than, than and to look into us, my dreamy eyes. Okay, so... Um, not as handsome as I thought, by the way. Um, <laughs> Do you want to play that game? <laughs> Not, oh, not as tall as I thought. Oh, everyone says that. <laughs> um, you guys are the twenty minute Tims. Where do we get? Where do we get your stuff? Yeah. On on Twitter at twenty minute Tims on everything that you can get an an eye. Yeah, don't have any uh, websites. Podcast from just, yeah. just Twitter. Yeah, great stuff. Um, we are the ninety minute cynic. Um, we are on iTunes. If you search for us on iTunes, search for you guys as well. Twenty minute Tims yeah. on yep. on iTunes. Um, subscribe and leave a positive um, uh, comment if you will, if you could. Um, we're also on speaker, speaker.com slash the 90 minute cynic. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash the nine, uh, at 90 minute cynic. We're also 90 minute cynic.com. What are you doing? On 90 minute cynic.com, the supplement. Oh, the supplement. On, Is that on free, Saturday? Christian? Yeah. <laughs> Not to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, Chris, Christian Wolf, it's been a pleasure. Well,. Jamie, yep. Jamie called me a stat wanker, which is what I expected, so <laughs> I can leave expected happy. Expected insults? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Chris Armani, as always, you've dominated life. We would walk through hell for you, sir. A buoy on Saturday. <laughs> I told you first. My adrenaline is still going from that earlier on, yeah. Steve-o. A buoy must... Steve-o, yourself. Yeah, it's been, it's been good to be back, and I hope you get the listeners who will just plain not listen to this, because it's us. I hope they come back next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie, pleasure. Thanks very much. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Merely pleasure. Pleasure enjoyed the 90 minutes, last 20, not so much. Oh, <laughs> right, so we'll That's what you could say about our podcast. Right, you know, Steve, Steve, we'll do this thing, right? Where, where you say, we're the 20 minute Tims, and then I say, we're the 90 minute cynic. And then, right, so go, we're the 20 minute Tims. We are the 20 minute Tims. Christian.
We are the 20 minute Tims. We are the 90 minute cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. That was fucking terrible. Oh, oh for fuck's sake. Right, we'll see you later. Sweet.